Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hey, what's going on, folks? Happy Labor Day to you guys. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What up, bitches? Oh, wow. That's um, that's problematic. Uh, welcome to another <laughs> episode of Affirmative Murder. As I said, it's Labor Day, so of course you... Uh, what do you do? to? What is this point of this? What? Labor what Day. What do you do? Labor Day? Tomorrow. Yeah. What is the point of it? No, oh. today is Labor Day. Tomorrow is just an extension of Labor Day. You get a day off. But what do you do? Oh, yeah, correct. Uh, Cookout. Go swimming. That's the that's what it is? That's uh, the purpose of Labor Day? I thought that's what black people do. So I, I just... mean, that is what black people do. <laughs> and um, you aren't supposed to wear white after Labor Day, apparently. But everybody that I know throws a white party on Labor Day. So I guess yeah. that's like you have the white party. Yep. And then that's it. You don't wear white after Labor Day is what I guess the, the, Until... the origin came from. Well, that's where it gets fudged up, because like, if you can't wear white after Labor Day, when can you start wearing white again? I was about to say that. I'm so always just confused. Like, it, just ends, it just goes on forever, you know? I don't follow that anyway, because I'm not going to not wear my white Daisy Dukes. You can fuck out of here with that. Um, <laughs> all right, so apparently Labor Day is the holiday of barbecuing and black people having white parties. So get out there and go celebrate that. And uh, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. See ya. <laughs> Speaking of black people, white, those kind of contrasts. Uh, did you catch any of the Aretha Franklin funeral? Uh, yeah, I caught a little bit. I caught that casket on that. Oh, my, my, my guy. She took her funeral on a world tour, the likes of which has never been seen before. I don't, James Brown didn't do this. Michael Jackson didn't do this. She changed outfits at her funeral. <laughs> she had a two day viewing and mm-hmm. on the first day she wore something and on the second day she had something else on. I don't even know how you pulled that off. <laughs> real divas do real things. Yeah. It was an amazing, uh, it was a sight. I got off work that day at like um, 12. Mm-hmm. So when I got home, it was still in effect. Mm-hmm. And then it lasted until about 5 o'clock. It was an all-day proceeding. Fantasia Barino, mm-hmm. Yolanda Adams, mm-hmm. Al Sharpton said something. Mm-hmm. Michael Eric Dyson gave a fucking speech full of words and twisty turns and vowels and syllables and metaphors and similes. And it was amazing. And also a creepy black pastor groped up on Ariana Grande, which yeah. uh, that that was really weird. Yes, you it know? was. I didn't notice it at first because I missed the Ariana Grande performance. Mm-hmm. That was I guess that was first half. I, I was I wasn't home yet. I missed that one. 
And but yeah, he was really like digging into her bra. It looked like whatever he was trying to do. There's no excuse. Like there's no like. I mean, maybe he was just trying to get a good grip, or maybe he didn't know what he was grabbing, or maybe he sure. really was digging into her. Yeah. It was really weird and very. You know, I, I felt very uncomfortable for her having to stand up there in a room full of thousands of black people being mm -hmm. a, an other in the room and not wanting to be like the person that's accusing a black man of sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. So she just kind of had to smile and be like, oh, yeah, thank you. I'm not a Taco Bell item. Because mm -hmm. he not only did he make a joke he, about her name, he sexually harassed her seemingly. You know yeah. what I mean? Whether that was his intention or not, that's how it looked. That's a That was a, a old person type of joke. Yeah, like, <laughs> honey... Uh, when I saw your name on the list, I thought you was some kind of Taco Bell something. Like, what? And then you just got to be like, oh, no, I'm not. And then, but the picture they showed, it was like, she was like, what? Like, what did you just say? But if yeah. you watch the video, she like laughed it yeah, off. Yeah, she laughed it off. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's as a woman, I, not me as a woman, but I feel like as a woman in that situation, I feel like you have two options. The first option is to uh, snap on that guy. And then in that situation, you're the person that snapped at somebody's funeral and accused the person you know, you you can't, there's no instant replay in the moment. So mm. in a room full of black people, you're just like, oh my God, the one white person here. Well, Bill Clinton was there. So, mm. you know, he's like, you know, uh, black. He, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he's got some soul for sure. But, um, <laughs> one of the only non-black people there, you're up there being this young white woman accusing a black man of sexual harassment. You look crazy. Mm. Like, so you, she could have went that route and I don't think that would have played out in the moment, but she would have got vindicated later because the whole thing was televised. Or you just kind of eat it, which I feel like is a, a situation a lot of women have been in. Maybe an old man gives you a tush pinch. Maybe an old man like says something inappropriate about you know how your shirt is cut. Mm. But you don't want to be the person who is the crazy woman. So you just got to, oh, no, you know. And I, it really sucks that women have to go through that and to see it on a world stage because mm. that's what that funeral was i mean it was a grand i look mm. her, her her casket looked like it was made out of elephant tusks yeah you know did like, you see the the hearse yeah it was like it was a, like it was, was like a convertible classic, or it was like a classic muscle car <laughs> oh it looked like something that uh was the top Scrooge of it gone? drives or something what? was it was the top gone on it i don't know man it was crazy it might have been flowers on it and oh it was <laughs> it was beautiful aretha franklin wasn't gonna go out like some kind of basic Nah. But, um, yeah, no, the funeral was beautiful. And then the next day, sadly, uh, had John McCain had to try to follow up Aretha Franklin's funeral. And it was, uh, or they televised his funeral. I didn't see it. I didn't, I guess so. I guess it was on like okay. CNN or something. I don't know. It was not popping at all. I'm it was sure not Lidington. The celebs did not come through. Barry O did come through. Word to my man, you know, give one up to the high power. Uh, Barry O did come through, give a very powerful speech, you know, very chill. I wouldn't say powerful, but it was very respectful. You know, typical Barry O shit, mm. you know, something slight, mm. couple of jokes, smooth as hell. You know, some 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 typical Barry O was cash shit. There? You know, the, you know, you're not going to go nowhere without Cl without Bonnie. Oh, okay. not, never going to see Clyde <laughs> without Bonnie. Come on now. Mm. Yeah, of course. You know, George Bush tried to slide in the DMs at the funeral, but, you know, it wasn't going down like that. Try to slide her a piece of candy. I wasn't feeling that. But, you know, Barry O. Keep his house intact. <laughs> and then, you know, Michelle took the candy. Probably Werther's original. And was like, thank you, George. Continue to watch the ceremony. But, no, it was not as lit at all. But um, the contrast was so funny. Like, uh, just a bunch of, uh, they do, like, the 
and Jesus, and then they take him out, and you know his daughter spoke and everything. And at the at Aretha's funeral, I mean, if you go watch, go type in Fantasia Barino Aretha Franklin funeral. I'm she acted a damn fool on that stage, and I loved every minute of it. I mean, she was doing all kind of runs, and she she walked off the stage before her performance was done, so she like disappeared off the stage. But then you could see her going like. Jesus. And the, the camera's like looking for her uh, and they couldn't find her. I mean, <laughs> man, people were acting a fool at that funeral and she performed without her shoes on. Mm. That's about as black funeral as they could get. Yeah, the stockings. Just the stockings on the uh, floor. Just bare stockings <laughs> on the floor. It's got the little tip of her big toe kind of isn't around the toe. It's kind of uh, up a little bit like uh, a, un, a sock that's not on all the way. And she just acted a damn fool and it was it was beautiful, man. It was a very beautiful moment and they sent Aretha Franklin off the way she should have been sent off and um, Stevie Wonder performed and all these mu- beautiful people said all these kind of things. Cicely Tyson came up and did some kind of Negro spiritual poem and was... Oh, man, she had this hat on. It was all just excellence. It was just <laughs> excellence. It was amazing. And then John McCain was buried Mm. you know i don't there's no real highlight for me apparently everybody's really floored by the speech his daughter gave but you know i don't you know your dad died Uh, you know i I would expect you to i would expect you of all people to be the one to say some great words about your Mm. dad so i don't you know but it was even with that being the highlight you know it wasn't lit at all you know as far as funerals go and I, i haven't been to a ton of funerals but the funerals that i've been to you could feel a spirit Mm-hmm. in the room and i guess i don't know if it's because it was a room full of politicians i don't want to make it a race thing but when you go day day to day comparison mm-hmm. like one funeral on television and the next day another funeral mm-hmm. is on television it's hard to not make that comparison but it was just it just didn't feel like a spirit was in the room you know like i i wasn't not i mean because one i didn't really care for john mccain you know he voted against martin luther king day so to be at like a national holiday and he later apologized for it. But like, I mean, come on, man. People need to learn to not be on the wrong side of history. Like, what about that is like, nah, I'm after, everybody forgot. I'm after. Who knows? I mean, I'm sure people <laughs> didn't forget. People were talking about that after he passed. Like, everybody, oh, okay. Everybody's nice and says nice things. Mm. But then people who are being realists, mm. you don't want to um, you don't want to uh, oversell somebody when they pass away. Like, be honest about the good and the bad. Yeah. Because, you know, cause, you know and nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, some people were like, he's he's the shining example of what an American is and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, you know, he went to war and he was a POW and all this kind of great thing. But as a political figure, he did some shit that wasn't cool. And we should be able to recognize both those things. But on that day, everybody's kind of, you know, he's like, oh, my God, him and Aretha are probably in heaven you know, eating a sandwich. And it's like, Aretha Franklin did, probably doesn't <laughs> fuck with John McCain. You what, know? Yeah, what, he got a brain cancer or something? Yeah, yeah, oh, I believe man. so. And it just is like, you know, why why, why do that? Why be like, him and Aretha are probably in heaven right now. Who said you know? that? Like, p- political uh, pundits on TV just trying to make a connection because they happen back to back. But it's like, get the fuck out of here. Aretha's chilling with Amy Winehouse and like, you know, in the soul section, mm. you know, at a jazz bar. And John McCain's like, you know, drinking whiskey with fucking Abraham Lincoln. And what if it really is like that, though? Like segregated? Yeah. That would make me real sad. <laughs> Even while I just said it. In my mind, it's white people at the at the jazz bar, too. But if heaven's segregated, man, I, I, I would be real bummed out. That would be quite a bummer, you know what I mean? <laughs> you get up to heaven, it's like, um, that's the whites only fountain, uh, good like, sir. Like, And what? you got to float away on your wings to the colored section. 
I hope not. I thought it'd be know? much better up here. Yeah, like this is you guys <laughs> really need to work on. You guys get got to get a new PR person down on Earth because they got us thinking it's the shit up here, yeah. and it is not. You guys don't even have uh, coconut water. <laughs> this shit is whack. Um, but yeah, so that was just. I just wanted to talk about that for a second. I would assume you know uh, before we get to the uh, good vibes, I want to also ask you a question. Is Serena Williams the most dominant athlete America's ever produced? No. No? Mm-mm. Who is? LeBron James. No. Who are you going to say? You mean, it all depends on what you're talking about, though. I mean, just She plays by in, herself. In her sport. In her sport. In, uh, oh, like by a, far. A person in a single-player sport. Okay. Okay. You know, where it's just say. you against a person. Yeah. not Because basketball, I mean, you could be a dominant basketball player. You could either be a dominant football player. Mm-hmm. But you... Mano a mano, Womano against Womano, a sport where it's you, it's all about your skill level. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's got to be the best we've ever seen, right? Tiger Woods. Any, Tiger Woods. Yeah, but Tiger Woods had a fall from grace. You know, his mm-hmm. wife, he crashed into a car, his wife's hitting him with golf clubs. And yeah, not his won, prime, though. He hasn't won shit in a Yeah, Tiger Woods in his prime is giving her, giving her a run for her money for yeah. sure. I mean, he dominated golf. <laughs> For like 20 years. Yeah. But Serena's dominated tennis for 20 years consistently, never a fall off. Mm-hmm. And she just beat her sister at the U.S. Open over the weekend. She always beat her sister, though. That ain't nothing new. Yeah. And also, <laughs> that, that kind of sucks. For me to kind of, I'm basically an only child. You know, Papa was a Rolling Stone, so I do have half siblings. But in my household that I grew up in, I was an only child. So I don't understand that sibling rivalry. It's kind of got to be hard to be Venus Williams, huh? I mean, yeah. obviously, you're winning contests if it's not your sisters involved and you make money and you guys are kind of a brand together, but mm. you're always the second fiddle. Yeah. But for the past 20 years for Serena, there. she's like, uh, she's a freaking agent. You see yeah. how big she is? Oh yeah, man. Her sister looks like a, her sister looks like a tennis look, player. Serena yeah, Williams exactly. Looks like, exactly. Uh, she plays a uh, halfback for the yeah. Chicago she Bears. She plays football. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she is a specimen. Yeah. She is a very beautiful an awe-inspiring woman, where Venus Williams just kind of is built like a tennis player, yeah, skinny legs. And, as you know, far as, far as both, dumb, they're both athletic. Yeah, athletic <clears throat> at their athletic pro, uh, like peak. Like nobody in tennis, you know, is on their level and has done what they've done. But mm-hmm. when you look at Venus versus Serena, I know they're related, but I mean, she is a one of one. Yeah, as far as dominance though, she's up there definitely. I Top mean, two, three, she's up. There. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. I, I when I when she beat her sister. You know, overwhelmingly dominated her. It wasn't but she always does that, though. Yes, but that's I, nothing new. <laughs> that's true. But just to see it again, and and but for it to be this kind of thing, where it's like the two people that made it to the end are sisters, mm. and then but then the one that won dominated the other. So they both beat all the people in this tournament. But then when it's you against v- Serena, she dominates you, and it, you're the it, other person. You're the other person who beat everybody else. What tournament is this? I thought she just lost, though. She lost at Wimbledon. Oh, okay. The U.S. Open is just a tournament. Okay. You know? And then the girl she beat got blown out in, like, the first it set. It was a fluke, man. She just, came <laughs> off having a, she just came off having a kid, which is also amazing because that's something that yeah. men don't have to go through. Yeah. It's like if you decide to be, you know, uh, a mother mm-hmm. in this world and you also do something else, that takes you out. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a kid. Yeah. I mean, like, you had, I a, mean, you had a human person come, come out, of out of you. You know, so... <laughs> Yeah, the bounce back wasn't as strong. Mm. But I'll tell you what, how she beat Venus, 
uh, I would like to see her play Wimbledon again tomorrow. I bet yeah. she destroyed whoever the hell that yeah, girl. Yeah, everybody was. knows that girl wasn't supposed to be there. No, she got blown out first. No, it no, wasn't. No, it was like when Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson. It was like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. did you beat Mike Tyson? Yeah, but like you weren't really supposed to beat Mike Tyson. So it's like it's like Serena Williams, Tiger Woods, LeBron James, and Michael Phelps. Those are like the mm. four ones that America has produced. That's like these people. There's never been a person like them, mm. and and they've dominated for a long time. So. Shouts out to um, Serena Williams. You know we got mad love for her on here on this podcast. But um, what we're going to do is we're going to jump out of that. We're going to talk about some good vibes. We're going to get into a good place. We're going to get in that positivity bag before we jump out of that and talk about this fucked up shit that's, you know, plaguing the world. So let's talk about some good vibes. That's right, folks. Let's get into these good vibes really quick. Uh, Fran, uh, you got a story for me this week? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I forgot we still record. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Are you all right, man? <laughs> I told you about yeah. drinking cold brew coffee before you come in and do the podcast. It scrambles you. It's delicious, it's- man. <laughs> Had the caram. Mm. I'm not even going to get into it. Yeah, don't. Crushed ice. Oh, all right. <clears throat> My good vibe story this week is about... Cella Liggins and Beverly Birch. Okay. They have been best friends since they were sorority sisters in college decades ago. Okay. And over the course of the last year, they both have been hanging on the secrets that would soon leave each other stunned. Ooh. Suspense. For months, Liggins had refrained from telling her best friend that she had kidney disease. Oh. After spending some time on the transplant transplant list, she finally confessed to Birch. The two women waited with bated breath, hoping for a match to come through until they eventually received a phone call from St. Luke's saying that they had found an, an anonymous, anonymous donor. Okay. She said, quote, I said, what? And he oh. said, yeah, <laughs> there's a match. And I said, who? Liggins told um, KNBC. Quote, he said, well, I can't tell you. The only thing I can tell you is they're young and healthy. The sorority sisters were delighted, except Birch knew something that Liggins did not. Months passed until it was finally the day before the surgery, and Birch presented her friend with a card saying she was the anonymous donor. Wow. She had been keeping her identity secret from Liggins for months out of fear that she would jinx the surgery. She said, at the moment, I realized who it was, said Liggins, and I went, oh my gosh, it's you? It's you? Since the two women both lived in the same town, the same small town of Butler, Missouri, Birch says that she is pleasantly surprised that their community was able to keep her identity a secret. Yeah. Fortunately, the surgery went off without a hitch, and they're both recovering from the operation. They both, they, I'm sorry, they hope their story will inspire others to donate their organs as well. Quote, I will absolutely do it again in a heartbeat, said Birch, but I really need my other kidney. <laughs> you can't get both. You can yeah. get one. You can get one of these jumps, yeah, but you can't, can't get, get both. both. Yeah. That's very sweet. I think. Yeah, um, and, and yeah. then both of these best friends. One is the own. The donor is the white lady, and the black lady is the oh harmony. The one, yeah, yeah, the one that needs it. Peace so. and love, man. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think uh, Selena Gomez got her got her best friend for like a lobe from her kidney too. You know, really? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm sure she gave her you know a nice severance package for the to say goodbye to the kidney, but. This sounds 
they're both out of love. Yeah. And I'm sure that girl did that for Selena Gomez because she loves her. Mm. But this is like two regular ass people, yeah. you know, like if you if if you were, you know, a world famous entertainer and you asked me for something, it would come with this other obligation where I'm like, well, damn, I can't not give the, uh, this world famous. Like if I can help, mm. I'm letting a lot of people down if yeah. this person gets sick. Which I'm I'm sure that didn't go into account with the Selena Gomez friend, but it might have, you know, where it's maybe just a regular person you're like, I mean, I mean, I need my kidney, so mm. you can't have it, you know. So I appreciate somebody stepping up for a friend like that. And I'd like to think I would look out for you that way, mm-hmm. but you know, only time would tell, you know, you gotta be in the in that moment and it yeah. gotta be real. Cause you yeah. can say one thing and then somebody you really get that phone call like, uh, Hey man, I need a kidney. You know, I got to get you some research first. Yeah, I need to, what, what <laughs> Am I okay I, with yeah, just one? What can I do or... with one that I couldn't do with two? <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Like, what, what things am I giving up? Am yeah. I going to be peeing more? Is the pee going to be more gross because it's not getting filtered as much? Uh, like, what am I What am I giving up? You know? Can I not fly on planes now? Mm-hmm. I don't know what the... I don't know. Yeah. You know? So, uh, shout out to them, man. I really res- respect somebody yep. being that dedicated to a friendship. Uh, my Good Vibes story this week actually was born of not so much Good Vibes, um, this weekend, somebody tried to come for one of our black legends, one of our beige legends, uh, Jeffrey Owens, also known as Elvin from the Cosby show, which I believe we've spoken about multiple times in this podcast. Mm. We, we have mad love for Elvin. He's a little problematic. You know, he could be a little sexist at times. He used to say some wild shit to Mrs. Huxtable. Like, you know. I mean, women should cook in the kitchen, and then and then Claire Huxley would have to be like, ass. "Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. I cook for my husband because I love my husband, not because I'm supposed to. And if you ever come to my house and disrespect me like that, you can leave, okay?" And he'd be like, "Okay, um, I'm sorry." Mm-mm. So she he had to get checked a couple times, but Elvin's a good dude. Jeffrey Owens was spotted working at a Trader Joe's, mm-hmm. and uh, the this uh, publication called the Daily Mail and also Fox News jumped on board. We're like, man. Look at Elvin from the Cosby Show working at Trader Joe's, and look how different he looks because he's like not twenty six years old anymore. Mm-hmm. He's like a fifty five year old man, mm-hmm. so he's not skinny and young looking anymore. So, but they painted it in this way of like, man, psh, hard times, and it's like who the he fuck? wasn't a star. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, who are you to uh, shame somebody for having a job? 30 years after they were the eighth most important sh- person on the show, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't even say eighth. There were like yeah. eight kids. Yeah. So he was like the 15th most, 15th most important person mm-hmm. on a show from 30 years ago, a show that has now gone through some problematic situations yeah. because we all know what happened with Cosby situation. I am on the side when it comes to the Cosby show that you should be able to separate art from the artist because I think that's a very important show to see black people in that light and just not So you're not getting royalties from yeah, but even if they are, oh, okay. even if they were, I don't know if they are because I don't think the Cosby Show is, is as syndicated as it may have been ten years ago mm-hmm. because of what happened with Bill Cosby. Yeah, maybe people were like, "Oh, we're not touching this. Like, we don't yeah. want this on our channel." Mm-hmm. So those checks get a little bit shorter. To interject a little bit of personal information, my grandmother was once married to one of the producers of Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. He got royalty checks from that show. They weren't crazy, mm-hmm. you know. He definitely wasn't poor. But, you know, and every year that Saved by the Bell got a little older, the checks got a little smaller. Yeah. And eventually you got to start, you know, being a little frugal. And mm-hmm. you can't go to a, a five-star restaurant every night, mm-hmm. you know. And maybe you can't take the Porsche out for the crazy drive and it's a lot of <laughs> gas money, you know. Uh, maybe you got to start budgeting your situations a little mm-hmm. bit better. And that happened with him, you know. He's since passed away, but that was my personal experience. So Cosby Show was, you know, probably bigger than Saved by the Bell mm-hmm. was. 
But when you're Elvin, your checks aren't crazy. The royalty checks as Elvin are nothing near as like being Theo on the show. Like Malcolm Jamal Warner's checks are probably still pretty hefty. Yeah, I just don't. I feel like people see stuff like that and they don't realize like that's part of life. Like you get old. Yeah, you just you're not you're, pop, not, you're not as popping saying. anymore. Like, like he's supposed not, to be that way for the rest of your life. People yeah. as know you as your highest point. Then you're supposed to be there the whole the rest of your complete life. Like exactly, but it's like, not, they didn't catch him pushing cans down the road. But anyway, my point is the good vibes came when everybody on the internet mm-hmm. shamed the publication for trying to low they should have for trying to low key shame uh, Jeffrey for living his life and being a man. First of all, Trader Joe's is an incredible establishment. Mm-hmm. First, first of all, let me start there. Okay, you get a 10% discount on your groceries if you work at Trader Joe's, okay? All the food is a wonderful product, and it's very great, and you can, you know, a 10% off your groceries, that's nothing to shake shake a stick at, mm. okay? So you provide food for your family. They offer health insurance hmm. for a reasonable price. Um, also, have you seen a Trader Joe's hoodie? It's fire. Uh, let's see, what else? Um, they uh, give you promotions based on your... Uh, performance. Hmm. It's not some bullshit bureaucratic process where, oh, this guy's been here longer, so he gets a raise. If you do the work at Trader Joe's and they see you doing the work, you might get a raise in a year. Which and the raises go anywhere from seven to ten percent mm. a year mm. based on performance. They they promote from within the company. So for you to be like, man, look at this guy working at a pretty awesome job. That's sad because he's not on a TV show anymore from thirty years ago. Who the fuck are you? you Where does he live? New Jersey. He was okay. working at a Trader Joe's in New Jersey. I just, it when I first read it, it made me upset that people were like, man, this guy from a thing from 35 years ago isn't, he never was. You know what I mean? Like, I only know that guy from the Cosby show and he was on Always Sunny in Philadelphia like twice mm-hmm. and they were both hilarious episodes mm-hmm. because he seems like a guy who is cool with laughing at, like, yeah, I was on a thing 30 years ago. Yeah. It's funny, right? It's the same thing as, like, if you saw Jaleel White in a Burger King commercial and then somebody dropped some barbecue sauce on the ground and they're like, did I do that? <laughs> and then they cut to him and he's like, right, because mm-hmm. I said that. That was me. Funny, right? It's like you're making fun of yourself. Mm-hmm. And he seems cool enough to do that. So what does it matter where he works? You know, they didn't catch him, like, sucking a guy's dick at a truck stop. <laughs> you know, he was working at a job. I couldn't imagine running into a guy that brought me joy from a long time ago, but isn't Denzel Washington. If they would have, if you, if I would have saw Denzel Washington working at a Trader Joe's, I'd have been like, "Damn, man, you didn't manage yeah. him." Or Wesley Snipes or something. I would have been like, "Either you're a researcher for a role, or like you didn't manage your money very well." Damn, that's sad. That hurts me because you were like the biggest thing on earth. Elvin from the Cosby Show wasn't the biggest thing on earth. It's a cool role from a show from thirty years ago. Mm. Like, who are you to be like? Man, you still don't have that Cosby Show money? It's like, no, he didn't create the Cosby Show. <clears throat> he was a guy that worked on the Cosby Show. So um, it'll be like that. Will be like if uh, you know, remember Steve Harvey Show? Mm. If you saw Bullethead like working at the Gap, mm-hmm. but he's the manager of the Gap, and you're like, damn, Bullethead, what happened to all your Steve Harvey Show money? He'd probably be like, man, if you don't get the fuck, dude, I didn't make that much money from that, and right. that was twenty years ago. <laughs> get out of my store. So I mean, I just thought that was crazy, but I love that. I love the positivity that came with people being like. Let's respect this guy from being for being a part of our childhood mm-hmm. and, and providing us some funny content on the show from you know that's important to a lot of people. I don't want to I don't want to undersell that. Like I understand Bill Cosby did some crazy shit, but that show is very important. Yeah, it promoted black colleges. It showed black people not being you know poor. It was mm-hmm. like the anti good times, which 
Good Times, I'm not saying Good Good Times was a bad show, but it was very, um, it was a very, like, um, it was it was a dramatic, sad portrayal yeah. of a life that not everybody's living. Like my life wasn't like that. Yeah. My life wasn't the Cosby's either. But I definitely wasn't like, oh my God, the lights are off and a man is trying to kill us. Mm-hmm. We're poor. Like that wasn't my experience. So the good times was wild. Yeah, but then again, it's like he was just like he wasn't on every episode. No, one. he wasn't Two, a main character. He on was. The show. The husband of the daughter that wasn't even on every he episode. Wasn't even in, he wasn't even a Huxtable. He wasn't right. even a Huxtable. He was, but but that's not saying he wasn't a great character because when Elvin was on, he was funny and did yeah. his thing and he's a great person to be on the show. But to be like, to have this mind state of like, man, damn, look at Elvin fell on hard times. It's like, he was never on the best of times. He no. lived a good life. He was a working actor and working actors don't, you know, sometimes the the jobs are there. Sometimes the jobs aren't there. That's mm-hmm. the life of a working actor. Not everybody is Leonardo DiCaprio. Not everybody is Michael B. Jordan just getting scripts thrown at them. Sometimes you got to do a commercial. Then you get a show. Maybe you do three episodes of a show. Maybe you don't work for two years. Then you get back on. Maybe you do a show here. Then you pop up on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's rough. That's fun, you know. But that's the grind. Mm. And if you love it, that's what you really do. And then in between that, you got to support yourself. Maybe you work at a bar. Maybe you do some, you know, whatever. You do uh, voiceover work. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know what that guy's journey was. And to pop and to take your phone out while he's doing his job at a Trader Joe's is gross. It's like that thing we were talking about last week about memes. Like, people tried yeah. to meme Elvin this weekend, you know. And I'm sure there's pictures out there floating around like, man, damn, homie, in high school you was the man. I'm, I'm sure people gave him that treatment. But for the most part, what I saw was a lot of people defending a man who's working in his 50s or whatever supporting himself like how's that something to be like man y'all look at this dusty motherfucker over here man he's a bum right trader joe's is great everything in it's a quality oh my god trader joe's sponsor the podcast trader joe's is a wonderful place i mean they have great snacks fresh produce and you could walk out of there with five bags of groceries and spend 80 dollars. see you like trader joe's i like all these Sure, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if, if, he, was, if he was at Aldi's. I don't know. I'll, if all, set this, I'll set this podcast on fire. I don't know if Aldi's is as regional. I don't know if everybody has <laughs> Aldi's, but for those of you who don't know, what? I don't know if Aldi's is everywhere. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, but what I heard was apparently this might be wrong. I don't know. Apparently, Trader Joe's Joe is Aldi's brother. Mm. Don't don't maybe get hype up in here. Yeah, like apparently Joe is like they're they're related. That's what I like. You know, that's what I so like. So Trader Joe is more like the crunchy granola hippie guy. Yeah, and all these is like we like to provide you know uh, fresh groceries to people, but we don't get into the lifestyle of it because Trader Joe's is a very specific type of. Grocery See, Trader store. Joe's is like very um, hippie. Trader Joe's is like uh, what's that that store in uh, Towson? Um, the expensive store. Whole Foods? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the the like clothing store. Oh, it's in Towson Mall. Yeah, uh, Louis Vuitton. No, the um, damn. A store of clothing. Uh, <laughs> that big ass store in the corner, all the way in the oh, back. Oh, Nordstrom. It's, yeah, Trader Joe's like Nordstrom's, and all these is like Macy's. Yeah. All right, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair I was enough. gonna say C. The analogy. So for those of you out there who aren't familiar with either one, Trader Joe's is like Nordstrom, and uh, Aldi is like Macy's. You can find Both. more Macy's than you can find Nordstrom's. I mean, let's not go attacking. The stores you can well, both you can find both great. It's not great a lot things. of Trader Joe's though. That's what I'm saying. That's true, but you know, 
There's not a lot of there's not a lot of uh folk with a child's either. There's a lot of McDonald's's. So let's not say what's better because you can find one better more easily. Let's not go down that road. I think Aldi's probably. What do you probably... mean? That's the opposite of what I was just saying. Yeah, but you're saying like you can't find a lot of Trader Joe's. I mean that's that's quality, it's, that's good. Go it's hunt, exclusive. Go, that's what go, I mean. You go hunt for that quality. Yeah, you find the good okay, stuff. Look, is I get exclusive. a little sensitive, man. You know how I feel Damn. about Trader Joe's, man. I'm sorry. You know how I feel about Aldi's. Don't disrespect Aldi's. I didn't mean to come at you like that. Okay. Truce. Yeah. Truce. Okay. Cool. Um, what I want to do is get out of that and I want to take a break and usually I've been playing people's 90s jams uh you playing jump no I'm not I'm actually not playing a 90s jam today I actually just in order to um promote people to just if you're into hip-hop culture the next song I'm about to play is just a really cool I'm gonna promote that you go see the music video to this because it just came out and the song is actually pretty it's good vibes uh Childish Gambino I mean a pillar as far as this podcast is concerned, we have very much res- much respect for Donald Glover. He is a genius, and he just put out a video for his uh, song "Feels Like Summer," and it is this cartoon that features like every rapper in hip hop right now, but hmm. it's drawn in this kind of anime King of the Hill kind of way, and it's just beautiful. It it it, 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 mim- it mimics the Friday neighborhood from the movie Friday. But it's in cartoon form, and he's just walking down the street, cartoon version of him, seeing all the big names in hip-hop just being his neighbors in this neighborhood. And I think the neighborhood is supposed to represent hip-hop. And it's a really cool music video, so I would, you know, if you like hip-hop, I would recommend that you go check that music video out and uh, listen to, you know, this song, Feels Like Summer. And, uh, of course, we'll be back in a quick second to talk about some fucked up shit, so stay tuned. You can feel it in the streets on a day like this. Thank you. It feels like summer. I feel like summer. I feel like summer. All right, folks, and we are back. And just to be clear, uh, the competition for best photo placement of your sticker is still going on. We have like a top three right now. I think it would be best to announce the winner of this on our one-year anniversary episode, which is in some point in October. I think it's like October 15th or something like that. I don't know specifically. So there's still plenty of time. There's still a few stickers available for anybody who would like a sticker. Just hit us up and we'll get one out to you. And maybe you have an opportunity to win a serial killer spoon and a trading card game full of serial killers. Um, I don't know what you would do with that. I would not recommend playing it at Thanksgiving or Christmas with your family. They probably will call the, you know, they will admit you to a psych ward if you break that game out. Play it with like your other weird friends who are into true crime stuff. And you guys have a blast. Um, but that competition still going on. I'm thinking one year anniversary show. And also somebody suggested a thing about doing like a Q&A kind of thing. Maybe we'll set something up like that to do for the one year show as well, which again will be in October at some point. So if anybody has a questions out there, you know, think them up and then send them in to us. Not now, because I don't <laughs> want our DMs flooded with questions right now. Maybe like once once it's once the winter announce it. Yeah, once the fall solstice has been upon us and it's officially fall 
then we can start talking about Q and A's and one year anniversaries. But we got let's get through September first before we start talking about that. But just just FYI, the competition's still going. We kind of have a top three right now, but even those aren't like it could be easily, you know, somebody jumping in the third or even first with just a creative photo. It it wouldn't take much, you know. But we do have a top three. Competition still alive and well. We still have about twenty ish stickers left. So, you know, again, if you want to get your hand on a sticker and if you want to get involved in the contest, just hit us up. We'll send you the sticker out and you can get involved. Fran. Yes. I believe it is your turn to go first this week. Yep. Please, the floor is yours. Okay. My affirmative murder this week is the last call killer. Last call killer. Yes. Like at a bar? Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. So, in 1991, sanitation workers working alongside the New Jersey Turnpike collecting trash. Mm -hmm. It was a regular day like any other. They found a plastic bag so heavy that they had to open it to oh. see exactly what it was. Oh, no. The workers thought it was a pumpkin, uh, but instead it was a man's head. Oh. When police arrived at the scene, they found even more bags with body parts. Oh, no. The bodies were severed, severed into, into seven pieces. Two legs, two arms, a, a lower, yeah, lower torso, mm. and the head. That's probably the heaviest bag. Yeah. The midsex, all of that? Yeah. Oh, God. How can you... That is a level... That, like, it's one thing to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. But whenever I hear stories where somebody got dismembered, I'm like, yo, that is... I just can't even get into that space. Like, what is happening in that room when you're yeah. doing that? Like, do you just check out until the job <laughs> is done? Or are you into it? Are you intrigued? Like, is it music playing? Uh, like, or yeah, like... like, are you just getting in your, uh, your uh, workshop bag? Like, you got the music going and you got your tools out mm. it's like a uh it's like uh you, you're doing yard work mm. like oh it's just i just couldn't imagine cutting up a body it's just that I, what i say all the time on this podcast is how do you do that mm -hmm. and then go to sleep yeah. I, I i don't i don't understand how you can just do something like that and then just live the rest of the and just go on the rest of the day like nothing ever happened bro i stepped on my dog's tail a couple of days ago and i was upset at myself for like two hours uh, apologizing and hugging her yeah. so i couldn't imagine killing a person mm. and then chopping their head off maybe like their eyes are open when you cut the head off and they're just looking at you with yeah. this look on their face of just sadness and fear and confusion but yeah i'm sorry go back to your story dismemberment is crazy wild sad i can't believe it yeah okay so ligature marks were on the wrist that indicated he was the, that the the victim was tied and bound at some point one bag contained gloves, bed sheet, shower curtain, and a blood-stained salt. Okay. They believed that it that it had that had to happen in a, like a hotel or a home or you know. So something. he threw the tools away too in a bag. Yeah, that wasn't mm -hmm. smart, right? Um, I take that bag. That's going to another dumpster, like away from everything else, for in case of fingerprints. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Any of it or just the tool part? What do you mean? Like you wouldn't do any like, of no, this? No, of course not. Okay, I know. Man. You, know, you never know, man. You just never. <laughs> but know. I mean, I like, say never. I wouldn't like never say never, right? I wouldn't throw the the tools away. I mean, I wouldn't throw the tools with the body. Yeah, no, that's separate just foolish. those two. Yeah, it's yeah. foolish, duh. I mean, you know, 
just to be clear. Yeah, just to be clear, yeah. obviously we would never do that. Right. But if we were to do that, yeah. you got to separate the tools exactly. from, from the body parts. You know, just clean them. But, you, yeah, know, exactly. well, you know, throw some lye in the back. You know, you know, obviously <laughs> we never would do that. Yeah. But if we were to do it, you go get some lye, mm-hmm. throw the lye in the bag, it'll keep the scent down. Yeah. For mm-hmm. at least a couple of days, mm-hmm. by you a couple of days, so you can get your you know situation prepared and maybe move states. Maybe you know you hear Baltimore is nice. You want to leave New Jersey, you come down to Baltimore mm-hmm. and you just you know set up shop here. You know. Yeah. This dude wasn't worried about none of that. He yeah. wasn't. Savage. Just a savage. <laughs> yeah. So a wallet was found in one of the bags. So I mean, he didn't really, he didn't care if the they found who this person, the, yeah. you know, the victim was. So he wasn't trying to hide the identity of the victims. His first victim was 56 year old Thomas Mulcahy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an executive for a f- uh, information company in Massachusetts, and he was in New York on on a business trip that that day or night. So he was married for 33 years and had four kids. Wow. So Mulcahy had been um, stabbed to death and dismembered. Mm. The bags and the body parts were washed before they were dumped. Oh, wow. Yeah, so investigators noticed that from him washing the bodies, um, washing the body parts mean, one, he was trying to get rid of evidence, Uh obviously, and two, um, it was some type of intimate aspect to him by 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 him thoroughly cleaning the bodies and keeping it close and taking care of the body, so that could be some type of, you know, has some type of erotic, you know, yeah. feeling, you know, intimate yeah, into, into it. it yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Hitting the holes on the leg, that's crazy. That's wild. Hitting the holes with the soap on the thigh meat? Oh, man, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's wild. But, I mean, like, that probably took hours. I yeah. mean, that whole process a of... Whole, a procedure. Yes. Yeah. Intimate. Great like point. You said. Intimate, like you said. Yeah. Um. So, McCauley's wife said that they had had an interview with her after you know they found out you know what happened to him, <clears throat> and she said at some point she knew her husband started to experience gay sex. Oh. So that was like a secret he knew, but she he didn't know that she knew. This is some wild. This is some upper crest shit. Where yeah. it's like I knew he was gay, but I'm not gonna give up my life. Like we we have a great life, and I like going to the country club that we go to. So you know, you know, we sleep in different beds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like speaking of. Sharp Objects, Fran, you should watch Sharp Objects, but go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the sleep in a separate bed thing that I just said, it just made me think of that. Sharp Objects was crazy. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so FBI track, tracked um, McCall. Hey, I'm going to just call him Thomas. I'm okay. Thomas. Tracked down Thomas' credit cards and saw his last transaction was at 8 p.m. and at 11.15 p.m., oh. two nights before his body was found. The camera system was coincidentally shut down at the ATM, so they had no pictures to even help out. Nothing good ever happens when you take it's money crazy. at the ATM after like 10.30. What do you mean the cameras wasn't on that yeah. night? It's a probably bad neighborhood. <laughs> it's probably in a fucked up neighborhood. But if you're taking money out of the ATM after like 10.30, you're doing it for like the wrong reasons. Like every time. Like I've yeah, never they say he took about, yeah, about like, he took out like $200, $300. Oh, yeah. You're never yeah. taking two or $300 out of the ATM at 10 or 30 at night. Mm-hmm. You're either copping drugs, sex, or like something you shouldn't be buying, mm-hmm. you know, like a drone. Yeah. What? You know, you sometimes just <laughs> seek the deal, you know. I guess. So, no evidence that Thomas returned to his hotel that was only a couple blocks away. But from, it was from e- the ATM? Yeah. Okay. But it was evidence he stopped at the, the Townhouse Bar, which is an upscale um, bar in Manhattan. Mm. So, he was very drunk. A gay, a gay bar? Or just yeah, yeah, oh, yep. Okay. Upscale gay bar, I'm sorry, in Manhattan. He was very drunk, and a medical examiner said that his blood alcohol level was above the legal limit. So witnesses say that Thomas was talking to a white man with brown hair, but nobody could remember if they both left the bar together. 
They created they created a composite sketch and put it out to the media, but it didn't create any leads. But one item that was found in Thomas's body bag, that was a clue. It was the wrapper of the latex rubber gloves. It oh. sh- yeah, it showed that they was purchased at a CVS in Staten Island, New York. Damn, they could tell all that. Yeah, that's cr- you just can't same. get a- you can't get away. And with it that. was like a old it was one of them old like fucking. Price stickers, like yeah. just the white, got just the black. It's just you, it some tell bullshit. You, it tell you the 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 exact CBS it came from. Yeah, that's crazy. But it was over a half a million people living in Staten Island, so they were stuck in that that, that whole thing was stuck them. in the mud. Nope. Yeah. So one year after Thomas's body was found, another another body bag popped up. It was similar to the other bag of Thomas's body, yeah. um, but it was in Manchester Township, New Jersey. Mm. The body parts was found in a similar fashion, double bagged, double knotted. Mm. He was, uh, his body was also dismembered into seven parts. Damn. Yep. It's they, very Dexter. Yeah. They took the prints from the victim and it was identified as Anthony Morero. Again, the bags and body had been washed before it was dumped on mm. the side of the road. Morero criminal record showed he was a gay prostitute. Also, he had ligature marks on his wrist and his ankles. So it's the same MO. same procedure. Yep. The MO going. Yep. And that type of pattern type and pattern was called a signature killer, which yeah. means someone who killed the same and repeat way. the same process of, mm. of all his victims. That means he's got a setup somewhere yeah. that mm-hmm. just he can repeat that same thing uninterrupted. Yep. That's crazy. So the cuts on his body was being described as disarticulated. So he wouldn't cut through the t- he wouldn't cut through um the bone, he uh-huh. would pull the bones apart and oh. cut through the cartilage instead of cutting through the bone. Oh. So the so this it so this, he would break them. He would pull them pull them apart and then oh like out of the sockets. Yeah, probably. Oh, so I cut, guess it's much easier doing it that mm, way. And then you just cut you just cutting right through. It's like yeah. steak. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just slice through it. Just we're, boom, hey, boom. we're about four hundred and fifty degrees in five minutes from being a steak. At all of us, at all times, you know what I'm saying? The right slice, throw it on the grill. It's meat. <laughs> Straight up. You know? Straight up. So this this articulation was a vital clue that the that the precision of the cut showed that the suspect had some type of knowledge in the medical field. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. That's wild to even know that. Yeah, I like, didn't you even know, know you could pop a bone out of pop the, it out. You then you can right just through. slice through it. That's nuts. <laughs> that's crazy. To I would be like, know. how do you, if, if you were to tell me that, I'd be like, how would, how the hell did you know something like that? If I like just that? guessed that before if you said, just, like, yeah. did he disarticulate it or did he just cut through the bones? Like, what? You, what? <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know, I watched yeah, Discovery Health. Yeah, sure you, you know, did. Nah, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, so one of the bags um, that was found with Morello's body said, President's Choice. It was a bag in there that said President's Choice. Oh. On it, and it was a, sh- it, but it was th- it kind of that don't really mean anything. It was just a bag that was used in a sold at a um, shop at a shopping but store. But you know, it's from a specific place. Though, yeah, right? yeah. That's, I mean, so yeah. yeah, so but that bag was only at a a couple of lo- yeah the stores and locations. So it was only a couple of them, and one of those locations was in Staten Island, mm. and it was near the CVS. So when they pull oh. up the map, it's the CVS on the right, and yeah. you got that store on the left. So Get it was that kill pattern. Going. Yep. Yeah, and they sold. It, it was near the CVS that when they found the rubber gloves of um, Thomas's body. Mm. So that could also mean he either lives or works in that area. And that was basically his comfort zone. Yeah. So inve- investigators use a technique called the super glue, f- super glue fuming to lift two partial fingerprints and a partial palm print from the bags. 
They entered the prints into the nationwide database of criminal offenders, but found no matches. Mm. So they, so after that, they had no leads. This is like, this is super criminal minds shit. This story that you're doing, mm-hmm. and that's always the worst is when the guy that you're looking for doesn't have a criminal record. Because now that takes out a whole nother tool yeah. that you have. It's yeah. like, oh, we just we're just shooting shots in the dark now. Yeah, exactly. Even if we have all this stuff, we know. Mm-hmm. There's no database to find this person. Yeah. Oh, man. So two months later, 12 miles outside of New York City, inside a garbage can, another body was found. Wow. It was no doubt that this was the work of the same guy. Double bag, double knotted, body cut into seven pieces, and the bags and body was washed out. That's crazy. The The victim was identified as 56-year-old Michael Sakura. He was a regular at Five Oaks Bar in Green Greenwich Village. It was a bar... And they, they did cater to gay clientele. Mm. So Lisa Hall, who was a bartender at the Five Oaks on the night Michael Sakura was murdered, Lisa said a white male came into the bar, sat right next to Mike. And she thought that he knew Mike uh-huh. because it was so many other open fucking chairs right in the bar. Yeah. He just came and walked, sat right next to him. It's the same thing as like, and this isn't a kind of homophobic thing or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just a pure comfort thing. Don't ever use the stall next to mine. Oh, you're not supposed to. Ever. Unless it's like no other stall. If mm-hmm. it's no other stalls, I understand. But if it's an open wall, make <laughs> it needs to be a stall between us, man. Yeah. I don't want to see your dick. You know? You mean even if it's a that little, that little wall that's right there between them? Either way, if yeah, somebody's at the stall, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want my elbows to be grazing your elbows while yeah, my meat is in my yeah, hand, man. It just makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, if somebody's at the urinal, I go into the stall. I'm talking about, I'm talking about like an empty wall though. Like it's you and nobody else in the bathroom. Oh. Somebody comes in and, and pees next to you. Oh, either way, it's I, I still, it still makes wall. me uncomfortable. Exactly, still, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. like, I'm, I'm not saying if it's. 20 stalls and it's 18 of us mm. then hey you know you gotta hey we, yeah. just, we all rubbing elbows yeah. but if it's an empty bathroom and it's 10 stalls on the wall and I'm in the middle and you come right slam next to uh, me zip you know hey what's up you know, gotta, don't talk to me what I gotta just he just throws his whole pants down oh if you do that <laughs> check this out Cheeky's that's, <laughs> that's crazy like, if you if you are over the age what are we, of six, what are we five if you are over the age of 6 years old and you drop trial to pee you are a nut. You are a <laughs> nut. That is the craziest thing. I don't want to see your cheeks at Dave and Buster's. That's wild. I don't ever want to see that. Move on. That, move on. That is. Move on. <laughs> move on. That is crazy. That is crazy. I don't ever want to see your cheeks at the TGI Fridays. Ever. That is wild. We're gonna move on. <laughs> No. Oh shit. So he sat next uh, to him. He was sitting next to him at the at the bar yeah. on the stools, and the, yeah. the lady thought he was. They knew each. They other. knew each other. Yeah. So, yeah, she said that Mike introduced him to Lisa, saying, "You know, this is so and so, and he's a nurse at St. Vincent." Mm, nurse. So when she left the bar, Mike and the guy was still there. So nobody saw the two men leave together. But she also did didn't remember his name, but remember what he looked like. Mm. But in New York, it was almost impossible to find somebody you didn't didn't have much info about or yeah. who you're looking for. Yeah. So the investigations, the investigators in New York and New Jersey were desperate to find a serial killer who was targeting gay men. Who was a nurse. Yeah. And the media dubbed him the last call killer. Mm. They followed up at the local hospital and identified a man, a male nurse, 38-year-old Mark Slayton. Mm. 
Not only does he resemble the composite drawing, but he lived in Staten Island near the stores where the killer made the purchases. That's a strong lead. Yep. But but Slayton's prints didn't match. Mm. Well, it didn't match they, the prints found no, on the plastic bags. The system, right? No. Oh, yeah. That's, that's well, it's nobody. Well, I'm going like to get to that. Okay. Cool, I'm going to get okay. to that. Yeah. So investigators believe that the killer misled his victims to where he worked, which I will assume he did. Yeah. Um. So Detective Coon mailed the sketch to every local hospital in Staten Island, but didn't gener- but it didn't generate any leads. So the case went cold and the murder stopped. But that they were saying that that could possibly mean he changed his MO or that this dude probably died or whatever. Yeah, died. right. Maybe somebody fought back one night. You you bit off more yeah. than you could chew one night. Yep. So eight years later, the case wow. went into a new direction when investigators heard about a new fingerprint technique that was being used in Toronto called VMD, Vacuum Metal Deposition. The machine is the ultimate machine to find fingerprints on a a non-porous material, and you can have a material that was stored for 50 years and put this this into the machine and they try to get some prints. Yeah. So investigators immediately sent a dozen bags from the last call killer case to Toronto that they've been stored in storage for years. Cold case. Yep. In the Canadian lab, the bags were exposed to 10 milligrams, which is about 20 cents worth of gold, which oh. was heated to 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, enough to turn the gold into I gas. Love gold. That's the most baller shit I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> they, just, they just turned gold into gas? Yep. So this gold, um, this gold vapor creates a film over the surface to begin tested, but it is invisible to the naked eye. So then vaporized zinc is introduced into the chamber and it adheres to the gold which locks any prints in place so they can be photographed. So, so it's you just a, get a gold fingerprint when it's all said and done is what it's that's whatever you just said. So the gold yeah so, <laughs> so they get the gold they I, you can't even say melted. It. Yeah, yeah right. it just exploded it. it disintegrated. Yeah, and then and then it comes back it, together. It lays it lays over the plastic and then they add the zinc which is some type of metal. Yeah, and that hardens it again. And it, and it sticks to the it sticks whatever to the, the prints whatever and it and it shows up on whatever it is. So now they're like, okay. Um so the VMD process yielded sixteen partial prints on the bags from the Thomas murder and three more to the Morero case. So before they only had I think they only had two fingerprints and right. one palm print. Yeah. So now they got sixteen prints. Um so these prints was much better quality than the other sets of prints. I mean like what are they doing in Toronto? Damn. <laughs> Justin Trudeau uh, we need we need to talk. I don't know who y'all got over there in the uh, CSI department, but that's crazy. They got some shit I ain't never heard of. They, they got a whole machine. Gold? That's wild, man. That's crazy. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. If the Baltimore Police Department had that, it'd be a lot of more soft murders. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Like who said that? I, that's beyond like. That's some that's Einstein crazy, shit, yo. Man. Yeah, yo. So the prints was sent to the National Fingerprint Database of known criminal offenders, but again, no searches. So they did it twice. So the Even de- with the 16. Yep. Wow. So the Detective Coon sent the hard copies of the prints to each state since since not all states had put their prints into the nationwide database. So basically, this was the last shot and finding some or anything at all, really. This is a time-consuming case. Yeah. So I guess I'm guessing states are supposed to put these prints of offenders into the nationwide database, but some states don't. 
Yeah. So they was like, okay, we're just going to send them out to these different states because some of them haven't done it That's similar to what happened in that shooting in Texas. That guy that was, he got like disarm, dishonorably discharged from the military, uh-huh. but the, 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 the state didn't share that fact with the data, the national database. Oh. So he was able to go buy a gun, even though wow. he wasn't supposed to be able to, but it wasn't, the information wasn't publicly known like it was supposed to be. That's so crazy. that's all it takes, man. That's why that's why I don't believe some of these conspiracies that we joke around about. I don't believe in because of that human error aspect. Because mm-hmm. it's like a person could just go, oh, I'm tired. I'm not going to do that today, which is their job, which is to like put a name somewhere into this database. And they them not doing that could lead to this slippery slope of a bunch of stuff happening. Mm-hmm. So because this guy's some state, maybe which you're about to get into, didn't mm-hmm. do what they were supposed to do. This guy was able to keep going for like a decade, yep. you know, which, which is wild. So the copy of the prints made it to the examiner Kim Stevens and Maine State Police Crime Lab. And the state of Maine had not yet put all their prints into the National Fingerprint Database. She entered she entered it into the database and she said she's done a lot of work for out-of-state agencies and the chances of finding um, the matches were very slim. But they had 30 possible matches. Oh. So she had to Just do... Just from this Maine lady? Yeah. Wow. And this is the main. So just had so she had to do a side by side um comparison, which it was like in the video, it was like she had like two single, you know, fucking fingerprints? No, like glass. Oh. You know what like I mean? Like a beaker, like, like a like a like you put D like you put DNA in like a scientist? No, it's like a it's like a big old um like a magnifying glass? Yeah, but it's just two small ones and he and she got them on each of the of the um the one they, the prince they sent her, and uh-huh. then the prince that they she had. that she matched. Okay. So she had to go through all thirty of them and look at like all the lines and look at all the lines, wow. which probably took fucking forever. I couldn't do that. I just I'm like, you know what? I'm like, is there a I machine? Quit. Yeah. <laughs> Can I slide this in a machine? Yeah. So so she had to do a side by side comparison to all thirty matches. Then she found one. So the final step is to have the match verified by another examiner, and that person agreed. And the prince belonged to Richard Rogers a former graduate student of the University of Maine. Mm. In 1973, Rogers was charged with using a hammer to kill his college roommate. Wow. He wrapped the body in plastic in a plastic tent mm. and left it on the side of the road. Mm. Richard apparently said that the man approached him for gay sex and the other man attacked him. So for, quote, self-defense, panic, he attacked man. back and ended up killing, ended up killing him. So Mr. Rogers claimed self-defense and was acquitted. Yo, before <laughs> 1995, that was a li- probably before 2005. You could use that defense in court, like, "Look, man, I'm not gay. This motherfucker tried to gay me, so I had to fight back, and you know, I accidentally killed him." You could legit maybe walk on a murder if you use that. Is I don't, that mean- un- but I mean. If they saw that now, if if they you see that now and then you know everything he's done since they caught this guy's like we let this guy walk yeah and he nobody he, even asked you about gay sex yeah. I don't even know why that came up in the yeah. thing like he tried to we tr- he tried to come to me about gay sex and now if you know this is the guy you're like oh he was yeah gay. well you're gay yeah and he dumped the body on the side of the road how's that self defense yeah <laughs> I mean like that, I understand that could goes be in to that next level and again just to be clear I've never killed anybody. But what you do is, if you really want to use the self-defense angle, even if it's not self-defense, mm-hmm. you always immediately call the police and act like you're panicked. Right. That's what you always do, you know? 
But how does that work in that case? How did how did self defense work in that case? You'd be like, self defense works in a case where if you can prove that this person wasn't supposed to be here, things got out of hand, and I, it was me or him, and they died. But as soon as but you, you go, go dump the you wrap yeah, the body as up. As soon as you go like, well shit, I need to go get the glad wrap out of the door out of the closet, wrap the body, and then just dump it. That's not self. That's not self defense <laughs> because the self defense comes in. I called the police at some point to help me with this situation. Right. That, you know, if you ever seen enough, Jennifer Lopez handled it like a boss. She broke into her ex-husband's house, right? Mm-hmm. So the plot of enough. So she breaks into her ex-husband's house, who's been tormenting her for all of 90 minutes, mm-hmm. chasing her all around the country. She breaks into his house. Finally, she's had enough. She trains herself to fight like an assassin. She breaks into his house. She writes letters mm-hmm. saying, hey, I'm glad that you were cool with me talking with you and coming over and talking about you giving me full custody of the kid and all this kind of stuff. He doesn't even know she's coming. Mm-hmm. But now she's put the letters all around the house of them having a conversation about her being there. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, uh, she, uh, you know, uh, puts alcohol. She has him drink alcohol. She catches him after he uh, got drunk a little bit. Mm-hmm. So then when she beats him, she goes, I'm going to tell them I came here to talk, as we have already been discussing for weeks. And then you got in a drunken fit and you tried to beat me up. Mm-hmm. And then the only thing I could do was defend myself. And she's telling him this while she's basically saying, like, <laughs> I'm here to kill you. Uh, and this is what I'm going to tell the police mm. after I kill you. Long story short, she kills that motherfucker Dang. and gets away with it. Mm. Enough. J-Lo. 2002. <laughs> it. <laughs> okay, well, we don't need to go see the movie now. I would definitely recommend seeing it. <laughs> um... So yeah, after he was acquitted, he got a nursing degree and moved to New York. At the time of Just the gets to continue with his life. Yeah, That's yeah, wild. yep. At the time of the last call murders, Rogers had been working as a surgical assistant at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York, mm. where police arrested him in an intensive care unit. So he was at work when they got his ass. So the prosecutor said, "Quote: In your wildest dreams, you would not look at Richard Rogers and say this guy's a serial killer." That's what they always say. <laughs> Um, and during those times with the murders, Richard had been off duty. <clears throat> so Lisa from the bar picked Richard out of the lineup as the guy she saw with Mike Sakura that night at the bar and the night he was murdered. Mm. Rogers lived in Staten Island just blocks away from the stores where he bought the bags and gloves. Damn. They searched the apartment and found videotapes of Hush Hush Sweet Charlie and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, is that first one like it's also a, a, like a crazy movie? No idea. Hush, hush, sweet child. I'm guessing so. So he had a Bible in which there were earmarked passages referring to beheading and dismemberments. Mm. They also found a vial of prescription drugs used as sedatives. You know, a date rate drug. That's how you put them out. Yeah. Yep. Root for hypnol or something. Yep. So, um, which is one of which is one of those that is not screened in. For an um, routine like autopsy. Oh wow! Because so he because he, he works in the medical field, he knows which ones. To, damn. It's crazy. I like love this cases is like super this. Criminal. <laughs> I love cases I, like I, this. Th- these are cases that we haven't come across a lot. Mm-hmm. Like we've come across people that you know kill constantly mm-hmm. and do all this kind of stuff. But this is so tactical yeah. and like I kill people like this every single time, and I use the same bags and I do mm-hmm. this and this and, and I have experiences that have led me to being able to do it at this level. It's a very specific type yeah. of, you know, uh, uh, serial killer. Yeah, and like these, these like this, and again, multiple personalities are my favorite. Like yeah. they just, they just outsmart authorities. Like that, the one you did was the UPS or FedEx guy. Which one? Yeah, the UPS guy. That one, like that's one of my favorite. I like 
it's just like you just outsmart, outthinking these people. You're a step ahead of everybody. Yeah, and then yeah. it it takes them way longer than they should have to find you. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so prosecutors believe that Rogers will pick up his victims in the gay bars, and he targeted men who were drinking heavily. So he possibly either like slip on, use the drugs. Yeah, yeah, use to bring them a drink, or he would get them to come back to his apartment, or they was willing yeah. to come. You want to come over for a nightcap, have a drink at his apartment, oh. slip the joint in there, you know, maybe in a mai tai. Something with some mint leaves, drop a bloop, you know, whatever kind of situation he uses is his drug. Uh-huh. And then next thing you know, you blacked out in his apartment. Uh-huh. Once the evidence shows that he stabbed them and then dismembered the bodies, he most likely moved the bodies to New Jersey at night to do, avoid detection. And that's where he would dismember? Did he dismember them in his apartment? I think so. Wow. And then he would take them. New York is so savage. Then, yeah. People are, nobody gives a shit about you in New York. <laughs> How do you not hear somebody hacking away at a body? You're like, oh God. The guy I mean, you use that drug. The guy, you mean like, you mean, mean the noise? He had yeah. a, he used a saw. Yeah, it can't be quiet. <laughs> I'm thinking I mean, it is. A, something that big. I, I think it I is. I guess. I mean. He could have some twos playing in the background. He already pulled shit apart so it's easier to cut. So I mean, one of them little, the little handheld ones, you yeah. just. Mm. Go back and forth with it, you know. Damn. But even the most careful criminals make mistakes, and Rogers left evidence behind. Him washing the bags didn't remove all the evidence. Mm. So, um, as for motive, Rogers wouldn't speak, except that all his murders had a clear sexual motivation. In November 2000, Rogers was tried and convicted of two of the murders, two of the murder cases, because they had the most forensic evidence for those two. Mm. So he was sentenced to life, two life terms, plus 65 years in prison. Sure. And the reason why I did this story is because, you know, we at the point where it's like, it's hard to find good stories. Yeah. So I went to the affirmative murder page and I went to the friends list and I was like, I'm going to pick a name. Went down, stopped, and then I can't remember the, the lady's names. Whoever that lady was that tagged me in that um 12 o'clock boys video. Okay. His last name is Rogers. So I was like, I'm going to do one. With the last her, name her last Rogers? Name. Yep. So that's why I did this person. Wow. <laughs> so like, thank I, you. That's really weird. That I needed I needed something to so I could find a story. It just seems like there's so many more <laughs> tactics to try to find a story. Well, I didn't I didn't choose her. I just I mean, I didn't choose her like, oh, I just want to do her. It yeah, was just no, no, it's like, I yeah, went down the list and I stopped there. So I was like, you know what? Because at first, yeah. at first I All went right. to I went to Murderpedia and I did your last name. I was like, I'm gonna find one Williams. Uh-huh. That's a lot. And it wasn't no, it wasn't uh-huh. no good no ones. Good ones. No, no good ones. It was all like gang related. I was like, oh, okay. that's whack. The last name is whack. So I was like, I don't want to do well, that anymore. It's not a whack last so, name, okay? It's, so it's, it's, first of all, it's, so, it's 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 Gaelic for of the wind. So you're not gonna so, disrespect uh, my name like that. But you can go ahead. Excuse me, I'm talking. So I was like, you know what? I'm just go to Fern Murder Page. I mean, I thought it would be cool. I mean, so, uh, um, sure, cool is a word. Uh, it definitely is cool. That's you why get I picked a, get, this guy. Getting the listeners involved and all that kind of stuff. But when you came out of the gate, I was I didn't know where you were going. First, I thought you were going to say, like, you picked a person and then asked them for an advice. No. You just looked at their name and was like, Rogers. Yep. I'm going to look up Rogers, serial killer. I went to the fern- I went to the Murderpedia and then went to the last name and then chose Fair one. I've read it and I was like, I like I this like one. I like this one. Yep. And this is the one I'm going to do. Yeah, and it was. I, I like the story. It's beautiful. I liked it. So. I, I, that, that's probably one of my favorite stories you've yeah. done. The because the subject of your story uh, had all the things that I like. I mean, it's, that was very much like a, a Criminal Minds episode or you know a movie or something. Like, yeah. This guy's so like good at what he does mm-hmm. and is 
causing panic in New York of all places, like this big, crazy, beautiful city, mm. and he's leaving bodies in New body bags in New Jersey. Right. That was nuts. That was crazy, man. So the last call killer was my. Uh, I liked it. I liked his nickname yeah, too. His nickname was like, good too. That's a good job for yeah. the, on the the, um, the newspaper <laughs> folks. Did a good job on that one. Yeah. So yeah, all around, that's a good one. Last yeah. call killer, Richard Rogers. Yes, Richard Rogers. Yep. Yeah, that was a good one, man. Had some twists and turns. Thought we found him. Then nope. that wasn't him. Yeah, I, I like that one, man. Good job. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I got to try to follow that one up. All right. Well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, it's my turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stay tuned. All right, and we are back. Fran, are you ready for my affirmative murder this week? Yes, I okay. am. My affirmative murder for this week is the story of the Deborah Evans case. Hmm. Coincidentally, that's your last name. Yep. We're doing a last names thing, but I didn't do what you did. Okay, This cool. is just a coincidence. Mm-hmm, sure. I, I didn't uh, look up your Evans, name. Evans, we out here. Sure. <laughs> let's get into the details before you want to claim the person, but let's get... All right, so... All right. <clears throat> On November 16th, 1995, in Addison, Illinois, Jacqueline Williams, oh, that's my last name, age 28. Oh, yeah, it was. I thought Jacqueline. I was like, what? Yeah, Yeah, my last name's Jacqueline. (laughs) You didn't know? Uh, Jacqueline Williams, age 28, her boyfriend, Fidel Caffey, age 22, and her cousin, Laverne Ward, age 24, entered the home of Ward's ex-girlfriend, 28-year-old Deborah Evans. Mm -hmm. Deborah Evans was the mother of three children, 10-year-old Samantha, eight-year-old Joshua, mm-hmm. and 19-month-old Jordan, who was believed to be Ward's son. She was also nine months pregnant with her fourth child and was due to go to the hospital on November 19th, mm-hmm. just three days after this night that I'm talking about, to have her labor induced. She had planned to name the child Elijah, which I like that name. Evans had a restraining order against Ward for domestic violence, mm-hmm. but allowed the group into her home, which... Why would right. you ever do What's that? What's the point? Oh, I mean, <laughs> people, man, don't trust your first instinct. You had the first. Your first instinct was, I need to get a restraining order right. against this person. Just follow your instinct. Don't let them in. Call the police immediately. Lock the door. Put the chain on it. Don't let them in. Mm. That's not what she did. She let three people who were with this person in her house. Wow. So what she thought that like, okay, well, maybe he's he not. Just wants he's to not going to do anything crazy because he, he has... just wants to see right. Jordan. Wrong. Yes. Very wrong. Um. So when they entered, Ward tried to make Evans accept $2,000 in exchange for her baby. What? The baby inside of her, which is also believed to be Ward's child. What? He, so he basically is like, look, man, I'm going to give you $2,000. Which if she wanted to sell a baby, she could get triple yeah, that. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Like, I, I don't, you know, so I don't even, that's not even a good offer for a right. baby. You know the price of a, uh, you know what babies are going for in the black market these days? No, Two grand? Whoa. Come on now. Especially if you want a Filipino baby? I'm like 15 racks. Mm. Come on now. 2,000. That's an insult. Yeah, that's a very insulting. <laughs> For a biracial kid? Come on now. This is 2018. <laughs> Maybe 95, the price might have been a little lower. But 2018, I could get a biracial baby for like 25 racks. Mm. Yeah. Me and Sierra pop a kid out right now? We want to sell it? I can get 30 grand easy. <laughs> easy. You know I'm a good salesman. I can get I can get 30 grand for a mixed kid today. <laughs> so two grand is like, you might as well spit in my face. Yeah. So they offered two grand in exchange for a baby. When she refused, Kathy pulled out a gun and shot her. Then Ward and Kathy hunted down Evans' daughter, Samantha, and stabbed her to death. Wow. Afterwards, as Evans struggled for her life, Williams, Kathy, and Ward used scissors and a knife to cut her open and then remove the unborn male fetus from her womb. 
They wanted the baby that bad. They wanted the baby that bad. And wait till I get to the reason that they wanted the baby. It's, it's just crazy. Williams performed mouth-to-mouth resuscitation on the infant, and once he was breathing on his own, she cleaned him in the kitchen sink and then dressed him in a sleeper. You know, one of them things that snaps between the legs. It's a newborn. I don't understand. Well, it was never born. I it mean, but... It out I, of the baby. But I mean... Out of the mother, I mean. I, I guess they just did that because there was nothing else to put on, I guess. Oh, um, they brought some baby clothes. I'm sure. You know, they... Yeah, this thing ain't the, fitting on that. Baby like ain't fitting... Right out the womb? No. Uh, you, you would know better than me. I don't know. They don't have like a fresh out the womb size. That's not like a point one or something like a point five. Maybe I don't. I, I don't fresh think out. so. What do you not, put a baby in? Once but it, it wasn't what do you even put a baby in once it comes out at the hospital. They put it in something, right? It's something. You could put something in them. Yeah, but it wasn't born yet though. Like it but wasn't. They, at they, the... She was getting induced in three days, so it was nine oh, okay. months. It was. Oh, okay. It was ready to come out. It was cooked. It was a cooked baby. I mean, damn. Is that a term? Did your doctor use that term with you? No, but I know what you mean. Cooked? It was cooked. Yeah, but it was I mean, cooked. It was ready to geez. come out. Nine they just did all that now. They already it. had. They, they brought. That's that's they, how you know this wasn't a spur of the moment thing. They, they brought baby this. clothes. Yeah, They're like yeah. So when when she says no, we're gonna get this. We're gonna hold it with two hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> did you like get the one? Did you think we should? You think we should get the one with ducks on it or panda bears? And then they picked. And then does it went, matter? We got to We we. <laughs> Wow. So obviously she said no. They probably lowballed her on purpose. They're like, because if what if she, she would have said yes? They're like, oh, we don't have two thousand right. dollars. Like, that's less work. Yeah, so we're just gonna kill you still, <laughs> even if you said yes, because we don't have two thousand dollars. But I mean, if she was to agree to that, what she was gonna be like? Okay, we could just do it right now. I mean, yeah, like oh, come back in three days when I get induced and just come pick the baby up after right. I have it. No, we mean right now. We mean if yeah, you we want it. the baby tonight. <laughs> We already have plans for it, you know. We, got we have a cashier's sheet. check right yes. here, ready. <laughs> a cashier's check is wild. You you come up with a cashier's check to buy a baby? That's nuts. That's that's nuts. Don't ever try to buy a baby with a cashier's check. That is ins- Don't buy anything with a cashier's check. What? Or like, what's the one uh, when you go take the money to like a gas station and get a a money order? Yeah. Don't ever try to. <laughs> don't ever try to buy a baby. With a money order, that's wild. That's crazy. Don't ever do that. That's insane. Oh man. Uh, so, so they left Jordan in the apartment with his dead mother and sister. Jordan was the nineteen-year-old, nineteen-month-old baby. Mm-hmm. The trio took the infant Elijah and Evans's son Joshua and went to an apartment of a friend, Patrice Scott, at around midnight. Williams asked Scott if she would keep Joshua for the night stating that his mother had been shot and was in the hospital. She also told Scott that she had given birth earlier in the evening and would bring the infant the following day so that she could see him. No. That's nuts. We got to hold up. All right, so look. (laughs) So you're going to be Patrice Scott, all right? That's the one that That's the lady whose house just, I'm showing up, I'm Jacqueline, Uh, I'm showing up at midnight with a white child uh, and a baby, uh, okay? All right, so you ready? Okay, so all right, Hello, who is it? Hey, girl, it's me, Jackie. Uh, open the door up real quick. I gotta ask you for a favor. Okay, give me a second. Put my robe on. All right, now. Don't you say a fucking thing when we get in this house, okay? You go in this house, you tell that lady anything that fucking happened, okay? Hey. Hey, girl. Hey, what's up, girl? Look, I know it's late, but look, this little kid, Joshua, oh, my uh-huh. God. His mother was shot tonight, girl. Oh, my Jesus. Yeah, shot, and, and she's in the hospital right now. I gotta, you know... I, you know I just had a baby, right? No, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, this is my baby. This is Elijah. 
Okay, Aww. yeah, yeah, you know, Why just he... fresh out. Uh, you know, girl, I don't have time for that. I'll bring her over here tomorrow. You know, you always in somebody's business. You know, I'm just messing with you. I'm going to come back over here tomorrow when I pick him up because, look, I need you to watch him for tonight. Yeah, right? but what? Uh, the baby, Why is, where's the... The hospital, the hospital towel that comes oh, with them. Oh, girl, you know, you know me and you know me and my man. We do it at home. We didn't want. To, we don't. You know, have you read a study do on on uh, what uh, not not natural light does to your child? Anyway, oh. look, I need you to watch this little boy, okay? And I will come back tomorrow and 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 I'll show you my baby Elijah, okay? Uh, okay, yeah. that's fine. All right, girl, look, uh, he's fine. He's ready to go to put down the bed. You can just put him right to sleep. Okay. Right. That's cranberry juice on his shirt. All right. He's fine. Cranberry. So, yeah, just a little cranberry juice on his shirt. Don't worry about it. He's ready to go. You put him right in bed. You know, you can give him a little bit of, you put a little whiskey and an apple juice. and Whiskey? Just, he will go right out, you know. Put him right out. But, girl, I got to go. Um, And, and I'll I, I come pick him up t- tomorrow, okay? Wait, you leaving a baby here, too? No, no, no. Baby's staying with me. I'm going to come. Girl, I told you I'll bring the baby back tomorrow. And then you okay. can see, you know, oh, he does this thing where he tries to grab your nose. It's so cute. Uh-huh. And then you just watch this kid. You know, okay. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and like I said, his mother is in the hospital. I'm his guardian for tonight. Okay. And that's why I have him. All right. Yes. Okay. It's, it's, yeah. All right. Come on, honey. Don't touch nothing now. Yeah. Don't touch nothing. He's yeah, girl. Don't even. Don't even look. Put him. He'll go right out. Don't even, okay. Don't even. You don't even have to talk to him. Don't even ask him what happened tonight or anything. You know, kids' imaginations. You know. Okay. And then I'll be back tomorrow, and you come pick him up. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. See you tomorrow. All right, girl. All right now. Are right, you be safe now? That is the craziest fucking thing. And you imagine somebody knocking on your door at midnight yeah. to ask you to for to keep track of a white child? Mm-hmm. No, it couldn't be. I've said this several times. I've come home and Sierra has been entertaining our neighbor's kid. Mm-hmm. And I go right upstairs and don't yeah. even talk. Mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable being around white children uh, alone, even, even a person being in the house. Because one thing goes wrong, that kid trips and falls down the steps and dies or, you know... They go home and say, oh, yeah, Alvin hugged me really long. It's just some wild shit. And now I'm in jail. So I don't trust kids. I don't want to be around them. I don't want to play with you or color with you. I don't trust you. Mm. I don't even want you in my house. But my girlfriend has a soft spot for kids, and she'll bring her in And sometimes. And one time she asked, like, Sierra, can you give me a massage? Yeah, and I, I was like, oh, that. I will be upstairs. <laughs> Let me know when this child is no longer in the house. This is a setup. Oh, y'all think I'm dumb. Mm. Okay, cool. Well, no, I'm not dumb. This I'm not falling for the get down. Mm. Y'all not putting me... Let me know when this child is out of her house. So, yeah, she showed up to her friend's house and was like, watch this child for me at midnight. And I, also, I have a baby now. I'm just trying to picture the newborn baby. Oh, I'm sure it was super out of it. It just got ripped from his mother's womb off the random. I'm not taking born at home. I'm not taking. I'm not buying it. Oh yeah, that's not an excuse. No, like yeah, you know, fluorescent lights are really bad for babies, so we just had it at home in a pool. And you just take it out. Uh huh. Was this in the summertime? You better know those details. Uh, well, no, it was in November, so I do know those details. Oh no, that's you never. You're not supposed to do that. Take a baby out in the cold. No, not newborns. These are things I just don't know. (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad I know that now. Maybe I would have found that in some baby book someday, but. Didn't know that at all. So Joshua, who was frightened and cried throughout the night, reached out to Scott the following morning for help. He told her that his mother and his sister, keep in mind, this kid's like seven. So I don't know why they thought he he won't say anything about his mother being and his sister being murdered Mm -hmm. and a baby being cut out of a woman. You know, I'm sure he had to walk past that. Yeah. They were like, no, don't worry about it. He's fine. He's cool. Uh, so yeah, he he woke up the next day and was like, "Oh my god, please help me! Like th- my mother was murdered last night, th- and they did it." So uh, she he identified 
the three mm-hmm. people as the ones responsible for killing his mother and his sister. Once the group realized he could be a witness to their crimes, they set out to murder him. He was poisoned, strangled, and then Williams held him down while Kathy slashed at his neck. The little boy? Yes. So they came, they came, wait. So she told the lady, he told the lady what happened. Yes. And they still came back and got him, right? Yes. So she still let the little boy go back to. The details I don't have in my story about that, but I do know them. And what happened was when we get to the trial part of this, it's not in here, but I believe they must have gave this Scott woman immunity because her husband called the police. Okay. But I guess they got there and before this happened. But in in Scott's testimony on trial, she says she was in the car when they killed this kid. So I would think that makes her an accessory. But if she says, I'll tell you everything that happened, maybe they offered her a deal but her testimony was i was in the front seat and I, I could feel them stabbing this kid in the back seat but he told her that's all right that's I, I mean i would think any decent person would go no you're not taking the right kid. but if three people show up and they and you know that they just killed a, a person last night and cut a baby out of a Fuck person yeah, i'm not answering the door there well we see, <laughs> we see where your allegiance lies i guess miss scott wasn't you know as as Swifty, they probably offered her that two thousand dollars cashier's check. Yeah, it, that felt that definitely felt weird, and I didn't write it in because it was very long winded. I would have to write the whole mm-hmm. process of the trial. Right. Mm-hmm. But she is a person who testified against them at their trial mm-hmm. and testified to them murdering Joshua, the eight, the seven year old kid. But if she was there when they did, it, I don't. Want yeah, to that's hear. crazy. Like I don't understand <laughs> how. Why are you in the front seat? Why are you in the car at all? Why are you right? Like, <laughs> like girl, thanks for watching the kid. Can you come with us real quick? Like what? You want me to come now? You want me to do something else? <laughs> that's crazy. That's that's that's. I don't care how long y'all been friends. Right. Ain't that good of a friend in the world? Mm. Yeah. So they um, they try. I, don't, I guess they didn't do anything right. Like they tried to poison him. They tried to strangle him, and they. I guess they weren't able to kill him any of those ways. So finally, they like stabbed him to death. About the neck. Oh, so they and, did um, end up killing about him. the neck and body. Yeah. So wow. finally, he was dead. And, a seven-year-old uh, boy. Mm-hmm, and he left his young body mm. in an alley in a nearby town. Um, the murder of Deborah Evans and the theft of the unborn child had been a plan in the works for some time. Williams, Jacqueline, a mother of three, was unable to have any more children. But Kathy wanted to be a father and was pressuring Williams to, about having a baby. Mm-hmm. Specifically, one with light skin so they would look alike. Hmm. This woman already has three children. Mm-hmm. I guess none of them with Fidel um, Kathy. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, come on, baby. I want a kid. You know, I want him to be light-skinned. So, you know, uh, I need him to look like me. Come on now. And she's like, I, I mean, I can't have any more kids, man. I don't know what you want me, I don't know what you want me to do. He's like, well, if you can't have my kids, then I don't really see why I'm here. Then it's like, man, well, I'm about to lose my man. So I need to come up with something to do to fix this. I mean, this. really? So check this shit out. <clears throat> So, Williams began to fake a pregnancy in April of 1995, telling her friends that she was pregnant and having a baby shower and told everybody that the baby was due in August. She then moved the due date to October and then to November 1st, which that sounds crazy. Like, I feel like if a doctor tells you a due date, it's at least around nine months. How do you go from... August, that's August. August. No, now it's September. Now it's October. No, now it's November now. That's an extra four months. That's crazy. Your baby's a year old and And people was believing that? I mean... Hey, 
It's 95? I don't even know. I'm trying to come up with an excuse. That's People stupidity. Dumb. People, yeah. you can come to somebody's house with a white child in an all-black neighborhood and just be like, watch this. Also, I have a baby now. And they're like, all right, cool. Wow. Hey, I'm pregnant. When's I mean, what did she do? Was she fat? They had she pictures wasn't of her? fat, but they she had a belly. So I don't know if she got a belly suit or put some clothes <laughs> in her shirt or what, but... Um, put a balloon in her shirt? Yeah, I mean... it. It's 95, so I don't think you can just get a prosthetic stomach off the rip, like, from Party City. That It had to be something that didn't look too convincing. But she convinced her all her friends that she was having a baby boy, and uh, she told her probation officer that she was having a baby. She's a criminal. Yeah, I'll preach. She already had some, pri- <laughs> some priors, you know, so, yeah. Anyway, Williams was still without a baby, and according to her, Ward presented her with a solution. Ward is her cousin. Mm-hmm. His ex-girlfriend, Evans, was about to give birth to a new baby boy. So now, with a prospective baby, Williams thought her worries were over. Her boyfriend was happy to be a father, and she had a baby to show to her probation officer, as well as friends and family. So she's like, all my problems are solved. I'll just take my cousin's baby, and then I'll tell everybody this is the baby I had. Problem solved. I'm not crazy. So, um, yeah, so... Laverne Ward, who it is believed led Williams and Kathy's and, and Kathy to Evans, mm-hmm. was also the reason the three were arrested for the murders. Reportedly, Ward called an old girlfriend right after murdering Evans and told her to end her relationship with her boyfriend or face having the same thing done to her as was done to Evans. Wow. What Why kind of you... ultimatum is that that <laughs> you think that that would make a girl go, well, I love you again now. Like, either either leave your boyfriend and get with me, or I'm going to cut you open like I did to Evans. Why would you think that That's was crazy. the best way to try to get your girl back? That's crazy as hell. Man, you just put yourself out there. And you, yeah, you just confess. <laughs> you confess to a person who has no reason to keep your secret. You aren't dating, and right. you just threaten her life. Why wouldn't she call the police on you? The police investigation also led to Ward after Jordan, who police believed was Ward's son and was the only child left unharmed in the house. So it's like the only other person, the only two people that survived the massacre in that house was the baby, mm-hmm. who's believed to be uh, Ward's son, and the 19-month-old kid, Jordan, who's also believed to be Ward's son. He left. They left him in the house untouched. So I'm not saying you should have killed your kid to cover your tracks, but... It definitely is kind of obvious, like, one one biracial kid in this house full of dead white people, and you don't think they're going to try to follow up on you mm-hmm. because they just need to know who the father of the kid is. And they can take a DNA sample from the kid. Right. If if, if it even got to that before you called a woman and threatened to kill her if she didn't get back with you. <laughs> but if they already... So they had that and the fact that this kid was the only kid that survived this whole massacre. Mm-hmm. The three were arrested and convicted. Williams and Caffey received the death penalty, and Ward received one life sentence plus 60 years. Mm. On January 11, 2003, the one-term governor of Illinois, George Homer Ryan Sr., commuted all death sentences to life sentences without the possibility of parole. Ryan was later convicted of corruption and spent five years in a federal prison. So he spent one term as the governor of Illinois, and in that one term, Anybody that was on death row, he commuted their sentence to just life in prison. So he got 
everybody who was on death row off of death row just made it life in jail. As a favor, I guess? I don't know. I guess he thought that was progressive or maybe maybe somebody part of the corruption thing. Maybe there was a guy who was on death row who maybe like was in a connected into some street shit and maybe mm-hmm. they were like Maybe it was a favor in that way. Like, yeah. you do this and we'll pay you. We don't want to see our so friends. So we got to do everybody's to make it seem to like make it's it not look a, fair. Right. But the crazy thing is, as a governor, that's the most fiscally irresponsible thing because now you go from, yeah, it takes a long time to for people to, you know, meet their day on death row, but that's way less time than everybody just being alive for the rest of their life and you have to feed them and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm. That's way more of a burden on the state than if they were on death row, even though it takes time to kill people on death row. Again, I'm not a fan of this, but if I was a governor, you got to think about the numbers. And mm-hmm. you just you just made 70 years of payments yeah. by changing it from killing them to keeping them alive for the next 50 to 70 years. So it makes sense that he was only a one-term governor, and he was corrupt, and he got convicted yeah. of corruption. Uh, Elijah survived his brutal entry into the world unharmed, and in October 1996, Evans' father, Samuel Evans, was granted legal guardianship to Elijah and his brother Jordan. Mm. In two, in the year 2012, Jacqueline Annette Williams began penning a series of letters calling her calling for her release after 16 years, stating that she believed that she had served her time after uh, her role in the slaying of a woman whose full-term baby was cut from her womb. So she's like, look, man, I mean, how long are we going to do this? I think I've learned my lesson. No. It's like, no, no That's not didn't. how this works. No, you didn't. I don't know what the lesson is to be learned after you cut a woman's baby out uh-huh. of her and kill her, but you didn't learn it yet. This is not time out. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't, <laughs> yeah, you didn't learn your lesson. Uh, the prisoner said she misses the little things, such as being able to smell a flower or enjoy a hug from her family, which that baby, uh, or not that baby, that 19-year-old, that 19-month-old kid, that 10-year-old girl, Deborah Evans, they will never get to do any of those How things. How do you not think about those things before you... Do something stupid. How selfish of a thing is that to say though? Like, oh my god, I've been in here so long, I don't even get to smell flowers or hug my family. It's like you people are dead. They'll right. never get to do those things again. That's the most selfish thing I've ever heard somebody say. Is be like, oh me 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 though, but me. Yeah, that's wild. Fuck up. Um, Williams has participated in prison classes such as dog grooming, cosmetology, restaurant management, anger management, and Alcoholics Anonymous. She wait, said. wait, 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 wait. All and the where where was this? In jail. Restaurant management. Yeah, For know. what? Hey, uh, La Cafe Del Jail. You know what I mean? Like, you're in jail, giving gruel. Maybe they go, yeah, the management class teaches you, like, just because you're serving gruel doesn't mean you can't do it with a smile on your face. So what do you get? A certificate or something? Sure. A degree. So you use that if you ever get out? Yeah, sure. First of all, you get out, sadly, you have to register that you are a felon so you probably won't get a job managing a business especially when they find out what you did like hey welcome to uh red robin are you here to apply it's like yeah i am i got my degree in business management oh wow that's perfect we're actually looking for a manager and then you have to fill in that thing and Mm -hmm. you know like you fill in the you know i cut a baby out of a woman after shooting her to death and i killed her children and you're like all right here here's my application they're like all right cool uh Degree in business management. Okay, cool. Grooming. Oh, I have a dog. I have a Bichon Frise. Maybe you could come by sometime and, <laughs> you know, me. groom my dog sometime. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, is this, are you sure this is your application? Yes. Yeah. I, um, you know, I was young and uh, I got into some mishaps when I was younger and, but I'm different now. Oh, all right. We'll uh, call you in a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
we'll be in touch and um you have a nice day uh and they get get on the little you know they got microphones on the management right uh-huh. um phil could you um escort this woman out of the uh, red mm-hmm. robin please i think she um might not be able to find her way to the front door uh, thanks thank you that's our security guard we we have security here for you know circumstances if there's any situation anyway have a good day mm-hmm. and um th- we'll be in touch and that's that would be best case scenario if yeah. she wasn't spending the rest of her life in jail which she is so yeah but yeah she has certificates in dog grooming cosmetology restaurant management anger management and she even got her alcoholics anonymous token or whatever mm-hmm. um but with all that being said sam evans said williams doesn't deserve a second chance I think she'd say anything to get out of prison. Yeah. They are in they are in for life. That doesn't mean 10, 15 or 20 years. It means life. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but they have already had they but I'm sorry, but they have already been sentenced and tried. Yep. You know, it's like That's that. That's it, you know, and that's Sam Evans speaking on, you know, his two he's now got two biracial grandkids mm-hmm. because, you know, s- somebody wanted to kill his daughter and take his grandchildren. My boy, standing yeah. up. Sam Evans stepping up. That seems like that could be a sitcom or a movie in the works. Some Sammy old Sam. white man, some old white man taking care of these two biracial kids. That could be an ABC show. I'd yep. watch that. Sam E. Some Travis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are all variations <laughs> of how you say Sam. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that was the Deborah Evans case, and uh, that was the story of how Jacqueline Williams, Fidel Caffey, and her cousin Laverne Ward yeah, that stole was, a um, baby. Terrible, a terrible executed plan. It was but awful. It was awful. I they get E for effort, I guess. Yeah, sure. The effort was that that's what you put your effort into. Uh, <laughs> you, instead of trying to, you know, maybe do in vitro, mm-hmm. adopt a kid. I mean, there's a lot of, you could adopt a light-skinned kid. There's plenty of light-skinned kids out there that don't have homes, you know. But to go, no. I mean, but that's what you do when you adopt kids? Though? I don't know. You Look like, for like a, I want, I want a, a light-skinned want one. Indian, that's like, mad crazy. That's that's wild if yeah. you're looking at it like you're at Foot Locker. Like, I think I want one with curly hair. Nah, I want the uh, Vietnamese joint. You say shit like that, like, nah, I want the, I think I want something Middle Eastern. Yeah, them black kids don't act right. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> white kids kind of smell weird, you know what I mean? I think I want an Asian one. That's crazy. Yeah. Going into the adoption not a, process. This is not a store. Should, yeah, it's going into the adoption process should be a movement of just pure love. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever kid needs yep. it is who gets your love. It shouldn't be like, yeah, but I want him to be light-skinned so he kind of looks like me. Nobody's gonna think it's your kid. What does it matter? Everybody knows you adopted it. Yeah, that's what. Especially if you pop up with like a six-year-old kid. That's crazy. Be like, <laughs> yeah, I want it to look like me though. Like what? It's not you. It isn't you. It's not you. It's adopted. It's somebody. It's somebody else's kid. <laughs> and now you're taking them in to be your kid through love and yep. being kind. Don't be like, yeah, but I want it to be white though, because I'm white. That's crazy. <laughs> and that's what they decided to do, but on a way super fucked up way. Yeah. Like, oh no, I'm light skinned and your cousin Laverne, he had. They got that white lady pregnant, so that kid will be light-skinned. Let's just take her baby. There was no positive outcome for that. No. Best case scenario, what? She says, yeah, you can. I'll take the kid for two grand. Which, that's not even the scenario that was going to happen. Who gives up their kid for two grand? You know? that, that to, to a person who's with your ex-boyfriend, who you have a restraining order against, I'd be like, I don't trust your judgment. Mm-hmm. You know he beats women, right? That'd be the first thing I'd say. Like, you know he beat me up, right? Why are you hanging out with him? <clears throat> that's wild. Anyway, that was my story. That was my affirmative murder. That's crazy. Uh, crazy, crazy, crazy episode. Wow, man. It, it, shit goes down. Yeah, with crazy episode, the episode isn't over yet, though. Fran. Yeah, man, I'm ready. Come on, let's go. All right, let's go. I like to hear. I'm about to solve this one. Okay. And now.
it's time for True Crime's hottest game show. Frazzle Friend! Frazzle Friend, Frazzle Friend, solves a riddle like no one can. If he fails, that's okay, he's a superstar either way. Look out, it's time to Frazzle Friend. That's right, folks. Welcome to another installment of Frazzle Friend, because nothing brings me more joy than watching my partner in true crime get frustrated, flummoxed, and frazzled. So, Fran, are you ready to play? Ah, yeah. Let's go. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> we got a short one this week. All right. A man was found dead in a th- out in a field of snow. The only tracks that were left was a set of footprints between two parallel lines. Who should the police be looking for? I really like that. <laughs> for dramatic effect. Oh, okay. So, a man was found dead in a field. Mm-hmm. Of snow. A field of snow. Mm-hmm. And it was a set of walking tracks? A set of footprints. Footpr- footprints. And on the outside of those footprints that they were in between was two parallel lines. With two parallel lines. Who should the police be looking for? Parallel, what do you mean, like a car? Car tracks? Parallel lines, but but they were, they didn't cover up the, no, not like car tracks. I'm not doing this with you. No, it's not a car. <laughs> What's the question? What? No, man, I'm not, no. You solved the riddle. You. I'm asking questions. Okay, it's not a car. So it's not a car? Mm-mm. So it's not car tracks. It's just no. two parallel lines. Mm-hmm. Who should the police be looking for? Mm-hmm. In a field full of snow. It was a dead body, you said? Yeah, the man's dead. And leading up to his body, it's two footprints. And in those two footprints are in between two parallel lines. And it's not a car. Two parallel lines, but it's not a car. Hmm. Footprints between two parallel lines. Um... And the footprints are between the parallel lines? Yes. Hmm. Mm. They should be looking for a helicopter. Wow. I need you to lock that in so I can move on. No, that's not a final answer. (laughs) Um. Hmm. Wait, wait, what do you mean who they... I don't understand. I don't get that last part. What person? What kind of person should they be looking for? person that killed the person sure final answer yeah sure you're looking for the person that killed the person you failed that is false I don't even that's not even I didn't even get it that wasn't even a good guess they should be looking for a man in a wheelchair obviously a man in a wheelchair led this man out at gunpoint when he got out to the field he shot him dead that's why in between the two footprints are two parallel lines from the wheels from the person's wheelchair. I thought that the car thing was going to you go. Where the footprints uh, some come other, from? Where the footprints? The person, the man who's dead. He got up. The man who's dead. The footprints. man who's dead was led out to a field. Uh-huh. Walking behind or wheeling. Sorry, not walking. Wheeling behind him was a man in a wheelchair. The wheelchair wheels would not be over the footprints because the wheelchair is wider than the footprints. So that's why the as the person's walking, the wheels are going on the outside of the footprints because trailing behind him is a man in a wheelchair. 
presumably with a gun. You he said gets, two footprints. Two footprints. You have two feet, right? But they walked. They walked the whole way to there. Yeah, and he led snow. him out to a field and then shot him in the but field. But all you said was two footprints. If you said two if, footprints in between parallel lines. But if you would have said it was footprints between the parallel lines, I'd have, I'd have made more sense. That two footprints. What I said. Two footprints. Just two footprints. They walked the whole way. I don't yeah, get it. I didn't get that. One. I, I didn't get that. One. I'm I'm baffled by what you're even trying to say. You're saying a person with two feet walked in front of a man with a wheelchair. Yeah, but when you say two fruit footprints, I'm thinking that he somebody just stood there. Two, two, two. You got two feet, two prints. I'm thinking somebody was just sit standing there. Not you didn't say foot like footprints as in somebody was walking through the whole snow. You thought I meant. You thought I meant that it's just uh two They was just there and yeah. Just two just two just two footprints. Yep. yep. Where would the other footprints that is crazy, man. That is How's crazy. that crazy? That's crazy. In a field full of snow, you just see two footprints, then you would think <coughs> oh Jesus must have came down. That's why I said a helicopter and, and at first. Wow. <laughs> no? No? That doesn't make any sense at all. I don't even understand how your brain works sometimes. <laughs> you thought I just meant in a field full of powdery white snow where you could see every footprint. I meant there was just two two feet prints and two feet lines. prints. Either way, I wouldn't have got that one. At I mean, all. yeah. So don't try to make it like <laughs> the riddle was. Yeah, you I wouldn't. Keep, have. You have this trend of doing it, and how, then people try. How people try how's to it coming? Oh, yeah, but maybe you should pick better riddles. But da, 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 da. yeah, answer You're this not though. You're a star, Fran is. Answer this though, huh? How hard is it to push a wheelchair through snow? Extreme. I'm sure it's extremely difficult. Do you know that? Don't be ableist. You don't know how hard it is. I'm sure it is, though. I'm sure it is. You ever rode a bike in snow? Yeah. You have. Yeah. You're lying. You're lying. You're lying on this podcast. I'm lying. I've never ridden a bike in the snow. You're lying. That's crazy. And and it was easy. I don't remember. No, because it wasn't easy. Because you're lying. This podcast. I'm I'm out of here. This has been another episode of. (laughs) I don't even know what the hell this devolved into. This has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. Fran is lost once again, and he's falling apart before your very eyes. Is this your king? Somebody got backing me up on this one. That's crazy. Nobody's gonna back you up. That they thought I meant. Yeah, it's just two feet prints. One, two feet. They didn't come out of nope. They just, just they fell. They jumped out of the hell. You think somebody's gonna ride with you on? Yeah, man. I thought he meant they jumped out of the helicopter too. I'm talking about the wheelchair part. What about the wheelchair part now? Somebody had to push him through the wheel through the snow. Oh God! They somebody had to push him now. He couldn't push it was, himself. It was somebody else. It was it was it was the guy in the wheelchair and the guy was pushing the wheelchair. So this guy, the wheelchair man, was framed. Mm-hmm. Okay, this has been another. This is turning into a whole <laughs> thing now about framing and the, the justice system. This has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, who isn't really up on these riddles like he used to be, Francel Evans. We'll see you guys next week. Oh, it's over. Oh, this. I told you to stop drinking cold, man. You don't even know what, what we're doing. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 